Good evening, everybody, and welcome to another show with harmonics. I got a very special guest. Not only is he a special guest, he's one of my great friends on our musical landscape. Mike Hallsworth, how are you, brother? I'm well, buddy. Man, it's good, me. man. You look outstanding. I feel good. Take him right out of it, James Brown, baby. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you know what? I, I can see you in a bass right now, but we can't do that. This is <laughs> this is basically all of you today about talking about your history and things like that. So let's get right rolling into it, okay? What an honor to be here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Mike. And it's an honor that you're on the show also with me. And you, you brought your lovely girlfriend, uh, Jackie. Thank you for coming, Jackie. <laughs> and uh, just, you know, Mike. What was your name? Oh, <laughs> he's so bad. So, hey, Michael, let's, let's talk about what's going on in your life. But let's go in a little bit in the past. Tell me about your past. Yeah, let's do that first. Well, we could go way in the past. I want you to go right when, when you started playing music. First started playing when I was 14. Started playing bass guitar then. And uh, before that, I played a little bit of trombone, a little bit of clarinet. And uh, my parents always encouraged me when I started playing the bass. I got my first bass from my uncle. It was a cheap uh, Sears bass with vinyl strings. Uh, the first guitar I bought for myself was a Fender Precision back in 1979. How much that cost? Oh, I think it was about 800 bucks back then. Wow. 700, 800, somewhere around there. I do. I still Excellent. have it. Excellent. Done some fancy work on the electronics and stuff like that. Uh, my best friend, Tom, and I started playing together when we were 14. Uh, we had met these two brothers, a guitar player, singer, and Tom wanted to play the drums, and so I decided Tom might as well play the bass. So uh, at 14 years old, I, I took some lessons from uh, the bass player for the Vic Trigger Band. Okay, yeah. yes. Uh, Kip Haheim. Mm -hmm. And I took lessons from him for about six months, and then after that, I was pretty much all by ear and self-taught. Yeah. Um, started playing in band right away. We, we formed together and we learned together, uh, played with a band called Us, the Us Band, for 10 years. And basically, I was learning as I was playing. And since then, I've been in two or three bands at a time my whole life. Oh, uh, interesting. You were in the Us Band. Who was in the Us Band? Who was the guitar player for the Us Band? Uh, Chuck Marble. It was Chuck Good old Marble. Chuck Marble yes, joined yes. the band. I had a four-piece band before Chuck joined the band. Mm -hmm. And then when we got Chuck in the band, we just kind of started getting some really great shows after that. We did a lot of good opening acts. I think I remember Chuck mentioning uh, we opened up for Motley Crue. Yes. And uh, Jim Dandy from Black Oak, Arkansas. Mm -hmm. Joe, Perry, Joe Perry Project. Joe, how was Joe? Was Joe a little big off on, a, on, a, on his little trips? or You was know, he? I was a little young then, so I didn't really pay attention too mm -hmm. much. He, but, yeah, he was definitely a headliner and oh, a force to be reckoned with at that time. Mm -hmm. And then we did a lot of shows, local shows, Randy Hansen, Y&T, things like that. I don't know if you remember a place in Danville called The Stage. Of course. Yeah. 
we used to play there quite a bit, even when we were too young to be in there. And uh, that's how to get in. That's how to get the older <laughs> chicks. That's how to get the older chicks. The boss would sit us up in the balcony up there and treat us right. And yeah, so that was really good. We played with uh, Elvin Bishop once there. Or, the great Elvin Bishop. And uh, we did a sh couple shows with Y&T there, mm -hmm. and a band called Violation. I remember Violation very much. So. Violation and Paul Harris and those guys. Yes. And then uh, let's see. Paul came on the show too. He did. Long, I love long that guy. time ago. Yeah, great guy. Yeah, he's a good, fun guy. Uh, let's see. Uh, and and then we just made the rounds through basically the clubs in the Bay Area, the mm -hmm. Stone, mm -hmm. the old Waldorf, Mabuhay Gardens. Great show. Great venues. Keystone, Berkeley. How come we don't have them anymore? I don't know. It just has dried up. It just dried up. The scene has just dried up, as everybody knows. Yeah, this has been a tough year, especially on the on the working musician, the people that rely on playing bars and, you know, mm -hmm. not the big shows. So, I mean, well, it's been rough on everybody, mm -hmm. all the touring bands. And you know, one, one thing since I became a musician is I always used to like to support all the local acts. I was always mm -hmm. at, as you know, I came to many of you guys' shows. Yes, and, yes. You're and, a big heart. you got to... Uh, didn't mean to interrupt you, but he definitely has a big heart. You're totally a genuine musical person who loves the musical landscape that we all play in. Mm -hmm. you're, and you're very giving to all of us. Yeah, I, I enjoy it. And that's, you know, half the deal. When I wasn't playing gigs or rehearsing, mm -hmm. I'd be supporting other bands or going to big concerts. Exactly. You know, back in Winterland days, I used to love going there. <laughs> Frank Marino and Mahogany oh, Rush. <laughs> uh, ten years after, I've seen so many great bands. The Stones, I've seen there. Yeah, wow. You know, I was in the front row at Winterland. Yeah, at Winterland, I was in wow. the front row. Actually, I can't say this on the air, but Bill Wyman and I and the uh, were we did some interesting things <laughs> while he was playing on stage. You know, and it was it was pretty. He was a great guy. He interacted with the people that I was with. He was just they were magnificent. They were magnificent. Yeah, I was going to stay away from all that other extracurricular yeah, stuff. Yeah, we got okay. plenty We're of that in our yeah, background. Exactly. So <laughs> what are you doing right now? I mean, who are you playing with? Um, what's your, obviously the pandemic. Let's talk about, before you talk about it, tell me how the, you said it a little bit. What has the pandemic done to, in your musical mind? How has it destroyed the whole music scene? Right oh, now? man. Well, before this thing hit, I was starting to put shows together, you know, and kind of be a, semi-promoter I mm -hmm. suppose and you know we did some really awesome events uh, yes 12 bands in 12 hours we did that three times, three times. and uh, that was rolling pretty good and I was you know actually going to keep promoting those mm -hmm. uh, you know under better circumstances yes, yes. of course uh, the ones that we did were benefits for mm -hmm. for people for Chuck Marble once yes yeah but uh, you know yeah, it's just affected everything. I mean, I know a lot of friends that are club owners that haven't made a dollar in a year, and, mm -hmm. you know, that's, that's pretty rough. Mm -hmm. do you, um, what do you see? Do you, I mean, we're all involved in it. Everybody in the world is involved to a certain yeah. extent. When do you think it will end? Well, when it started, I would said September of last year. Obviously, that's come and gone. Yes, yes. Uh, I was hoping football season would, you know... <laughs> Raider fans. Hey, they got away with the, the football season, which is pretty cool. We got yes. the Super Bowl coming up. Yes, yes. And yeah, Raider fans, so. <laughs> so when you're when you you're talking about you you did some really monstrosity to get twelve bands to play for twelve hours and Blue Voodoo thanks you for that and I'm sure everybody, you know, you had controlled chaos and, and so many other bands. Let's talk about Jet. 
Wagon. What does Jack Wagon mean to you? And that's probably your main band right Absolutely. now? Absolutely, yeah. Well, first of all, those guys are my great friends. We have awesome chemistry. Mm -hmm. And so uh, when I joined the band, well, actually, I joined the band where there's only one other member that was there before me. Who was that? Uh, Jim McSheffrey, oh, Jim my guitar great. player. He's a great yeah, guy. Um, we always, and then when James Stark and I, you know, I got in the band and I brought James Stark in, mm -hmm. and we always wanted to work together, and mm -hmm. we both just want to have fun. I mean, mm -hmm. so sometimes you have to remind yourself it's all about having a great time, and you know, the chemistry in the band is is almost as important as people's skill levels. Most definitely. You know, somebody could be a great player, but yet hard to work with, and so. That usually doesn't work out, but with Jack Wagon, we're all really good friends. Yes. And, uh, you know, through this pandemic, we've uh, kind of been adding to our songs and everything. And we're, mm -hmm. we're right now in the process of probably writing some stuff. Good for so you. When we, about so time. When we, yeah, we'll come up with some originals and maybe yeah. record eventually. And, about time. But right now, we're, you know, we want to be a working band. We want to play those clubs right I when know. they open. So I know, I know, I know you As do. you know. No, as we're probably going to be doing some shows together. Uh, we will definitely <laughs> do some shows. And i like to say hello to James Stark. You're not crazy. You're damn well crazier. <laughs> you know, it's good to see you, James, in the, in the TV land where when you get to see this. So you're that you're doing that you have recorded with a band called through the fire through the flames through the flames right so tell me about that we played with you at uh, a good uh, that was a great night yeah martin so, olander and joy olander and he, he looked Dave great Baxley. in the video oh thank you yeah that was uh, actually one of the only cds i've ever been on in my life i i've never been much of a recording artist or anything like that of course i've always played music but uh, i raised three children and I'm very proud of that. I was, you know, mm -hmm. I got three awesome kids and, Beautiful. and now a handful of grandkids too to go along with them. I see one Hi, of the Aubrey. pictures. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you want, to say, Andy, you want to say hello to your family? It's okay. <laughs> that's, we, right. that's great. So you're, you did that. Then you got into Jack Wagon or, or Jack Wagon was still, you were still in, involved with Jack Wagon, am I correct? Yeah, I've been in Jack Wagon for quite a few years, and then I was also uh, uh, in Hayes X. Okay. And then I got the opportunity to join Through the Flames, mm -hmm. and I submerged myself in that and mm -hmm. learned uh, very technical songs, you know, yes. great music, very technical. The problem with it was I live in Tracy, and we rehearsed in Santa Cruz. So commuting an hour and 40 minutes each way and... If there was traffic, it would be even longer, you know. And, yes. and they all lived locally. Uh, and so sometimes I would, you know, get there a little bit late, uh, uh, no fault of my own. Mm -hmm. You know, I tried to leave plenty of time, but sometimes it was just, anyway. Were you, were you playing, were you traveling at night? Were you rehearsing at night and then drive home? Uh, sometimes we would do it during the day, but yes, I'd always drive home. Okay, you that's know. that's that'd be tough, especially the Ronnie world. You know how it is. I mean, oh. we've all been on that road. So you and you mentioned earlier before we got into the interview, you also are possibly playing in a trio. You said yes, I have a trio uh, that I used to play with about five years ago. Like I said, I've always been in like two or three bands mm -hmm. and tried to, mm -hmm. you know, give enough time where I wasn't taken away from somebody else or whatever. Mm -hmm. And. You know, it always kept me on top of my chops and everything. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, I have a band called The Knuckleheads, uh, Victor Clark on guitar, an amazing singer, drummer, Jeff Stein, okay. who I did another side project with uh, called Triple Threat, 
with a guitar player named Jeff Stewart. Okay. Uh, he lives in Reno. And Jeff Stein and I would be driving to Reno on Sundays and do a six-hour rehearsal and drive all the way back so he could be able, yeah, just some crazy traveling, you know, just stay on top of my game, you know, mm -hmm. so it was worthwhile. Mm -hmm. it, was it, worthwhile. Is, it is worth. So you mentioned earlier that you and Jack Wagon, or you guys might, you know, actually, um, you know, start creating, which is a oh, good we're, thing. Oh, we're doing that right now. Good. As good. of tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So that's always good to, to get that, uh, that originality and you know that. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we all have, we've been playing so long, we've got so many ideas. Mm -hmm. I have tons of ideas. I've just never recorded anything or laid any tracks for everybody else to work off of or anything like that. So let me ask you, so you actually, um, you mentioned also, you, you've traveled a lot, right? You, and you've been, you've been doing shows. When you guys go back and play, how many clubs do you think are, we're all going to be able to play in? Whew. That's a, well, then you just have to widen the circle, you know, where I live in, in the Central Valley, Tracy, I can always go towards Sacramento or Modesto, which, you know, adds a few out there. And then there's, you know, some local places, Windmill Cove, Stockton, some outdoor places that we'd probably be able to get back into pretty soon, hopefully, because I know they were one of the last people to shut down the live music mm -hmm. they, they were doing really big events out there and that's not very far from my home mm -hmm. um and again like i said i've kind of the the booking guy from the band too i kind of reach out to all the club owners and you're, you're really good you know I'm, i must say you're really good at gathering people together and bands because we respect you so much not just as a musician but as a person that is respected by all of us and you're to your word that's a, that's a great thing because most promoters, as we know, we don't get paid the good money that I got. I get paid worse than back in the day when I was young. Oh. It's like, are you kidding me? I have little contracts that I take on my phone. I'm going, we made this kind of money when I was a kid. Oh, I know. It's terrible for us, <laughs> yeah. man, especially when. Uh, and that's when you know you love it. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, and also being a player for as long as I have been, I, I, you know, we paid our dues, man. We deserve to get paid. And so, you know, if a club's making good money, they need to kick that down to the bands and the people that are bringing those people in. And, mm -hmm. you know, we have to understand if nobody comes to see you play, you can't put okay. the club on the hook for that. But So going back, let's, let's talk about, you, you said you might be uh, doing promotion, which I think you're excellent at because you actually when you send out the word and make that call it's and and you have such a a vibrant tone when when you call me or call Derek Mushro or Blue Food or whatever it's always really a it's always a genuine thing everything is worth the effort to do it and you you do the back you backline you the PA and all that you're really really good at that Man. Um, so when you do all of those things that that takes a lot of time too huh Yes, it does. Mm -hmm. A lot of phone work, a lot mm -hmm. of phone work. The The last benefit we did uh, for Chuck Marble, 12 Bands, and that went together like, it was great. Because after we did the first two and they went so successful and so well, I just had to make a few phone calls. We got the time slots down, got the, the back line. It all went so smooth. Yes. And we had a great lineup, you know. All, all, the, all three events were really great lineups, you know. 12 local acts. Tough, tough, tough. Yeah. So let's talk about your instruments. Mm-hmm. I know you play bass. 
Right. So how many bases do you have? Uh, I think right now I have about 14 bases and about well, three electric guitars and a couple of acoustics. Um, of course, I don't know how to play guitar very well. I've been a full-blooded bass player my whole life. Um, I play with my fingers, mm -hmm. never used a pick ever. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. You know, if I ever have to do some fast stuff, if I can't do it with my three fingers, I'll grow my fingernail out and use it as a pick, you know. Uh -huh. But I've never used a pick. Mm -hmm. But I think I want to get some picks so I can throw out to people throw just out, for the... Of course, <laughs> why not, right? You're, you're a bass player. I've seen people do that, right? Yeah. So you got that. So what is your fab? What's the one? When is, what is your main instrument? My main instrument is, uh, I got to say, it's my music band, Stingray. Mm -hmm. It's blue. And I use these really awesome uh, strings, colored strings. Yes. Uh, Aurora String Company. They're, they're really awesome. Mm -hmm. uh, I usually meet up with them at NAMM. And of course, this year no NAM. So uh, no, no, no. I, I talked to somebody on the phone the other day, and I'm going to get my some, all my strings again. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, I have all my bases strung up with different colors. I have black strings, green strings, red strings. But, but the thing about them is not they're, not only they're beautiful strings, but they sound awesome. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You know, there's my plug, Aurora strings. Yes, and, <laughs> and you know what's in and Ampeg SVTs. I was just going to say, what's your setup? <laughs> Well, or do you or do you vary from show to show, or do you? Well, I uh, of course a big fan of the 810 and the Ampegs. I have an SVT two. I bought two of those mm -hmm. back in 1989, and those oh, great tune, mint great tone. tone. But that's a lot of work, man, mm -hmm. moving those yeah, things the, upstairs, wherever yeah. the refrigerator. I know that Ken Yetsini likes them when you've let him use your, the, your setup. Yeah. So uh, that is that is an Ampeg. You said you got it when? Back in 1989, I bought two of them. So, because I was uh, opposite, I was in a power trio with this amazing drummer, John Perrine, mm -hmm. and uh, guitar player Ricky Torres, a band called Harem Scarum. Mm -hmm. And uh, we actually couldn't find a singer to keep up with us. We were very progressive and uh, couldn't find anybody to really keep up with us. And mm -hmm. I was traveling again from all the way out to San Jose from where I lived, you know, out in the Central Valley. Mm -hmm. So that became difficult as well. Mm -hmm. Um, and that's and that's basically that's your setup right there. Uh, well, yeah, but now since I've been, you know, I have a nice portable rig. I I have a 210 heart key cabinet okay. with a little Elf head, which is a 200 watt power head that weighs seven pounds. I could put it in my pocket, and uh, for a while there, I was doing gigs out of my Corvette, mm -hmm. so I'd have to put the the amp in the back and uh, you know my gig box, and then my basses would be on the seat next to me. So at least you're warm. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, now I have a, a decent vehicle I can haul things around there in. But, but I still use that nice small setup. It's wow. it works great for rehearsals and it actually works well for uh, clubs. I use it direct out. And, mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about a great guitar player that passed. You probably know who it is. In fact, I was listening to him. I was watching uh, his last concert uh, with Van Halen. Oh man. So when when you heard the news that Eddie is such a part, a big part of my life, and you know ta I've taken pictures of, of Ed on stage, his first show. When you heard that, what did you feel like? Oh man, it was a heartbreaker. Yeah, it you was. know, again, I've been a bass player, so I'm a big Michael Anthony fan, and uh, you know, and Sammy Hagar. I, I went to a lot of the Cabo oh, Wabo yes, gigs yes, down yes. there. I was going to all the birthday bashes for about five or six years, mm -hmm. and of course, I got to meet those guys and. Uh, I did a couple shots with Michael Anthony and stuff, mm -hmm. but uh, 
Yeah, the passing of Eddie was really sad. You know, he was the great. The great you know, yeah, he was the awesome. Man. And uh, yeah, yeah. I've asked the last few people I've been asking about that because of just what he meant to so many. Well, I mean, he was the guy that did air guitar. Remember, all of a sudden when he when an eruption came up, right? And then everybody was playing. I, I wonder one time we were playing at Nile Station. I I seen this guy emulating Mitch Norton, and I'm going like. What is this dude doing? Yeah, Afterwards, yeah, yeah. I walked up to him. And he says, "It's because of Eddie Van Halen, man." You know, <laughs> you know. Did that come out of nowhere? That's in my pocket. Oh, was that? Your, I forgot it, to silence my phone. That's okay, man. I was wondering, man. I, for a minute, I thought maybe, just maybe, we have a ghost in here also. Well, it's a good thing my manager's taking all my calls because. <laughs> <laughs> so as we get closer, um, you know, Mike, I, w I wanted to tell you thank you so much for coming on the show. You are truly a giant, as far as I'm concerned, here in our musical landscape. You bring people together. You do great organization of shows. You got one of the biggest hearts because you do things that make people happy and you do things that show how much love you have for another human being. And that's, that's a big thing for me. The first time I met this guy was in his yellow vet comes out I see this gigantic guy walking up to me and I'm going like this could, this could either be two things we're either gonna like each other or he's just gonna pass me by because he's so big and he came up to me and he says hey you got a, you got a great showmanship on stage and from that moment brother who doesn't love can. blue voodoo baby <laughs> thank you so much Michael thank you for coming obviously uh, your girlfriend's right here so you could actually throw a kiss to her but at the end of our show, basically, we actually look at the camera on, which is on two right now, and that means we're center stage. Give a real sexy we look. Get, you, yeah, you could just <laughs> give her a really nice kiss. And Jackie, thank you for being here to support Mike. And Mike, here we go, man. We're gonna yeah, get I was ready. so nervous coming here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, I like that. I'm Gregory Korea. My guest is Mike Holdsworth, and I am so happy that he was here today. How'd you if say you that? If you want to see him... Go see Jack Wagon, hopefully in the future. But as our common, we like to thank everybody that makes us not only locally, but we're worldwide. I like to thank all the people that support us. I like to thank my crew. And um, we gave out everybody a big kiss. You ready? Thanks for having me. No t anytime, brother. Peace and love. <laughs>